Today's Wednesday, right? This is Zion Macheshvan. And the world is letting us know that today is a marvel, right? <laughs> we can't forget. It's been a while since the last flood, but every year it always, somehow you Zion Cheshvan. It's uncomfortable. Maybe tomorrow will be a nicer day. Um, in three days hence, in four days hence, Shabbos, is Chav Cheshvan. Chav Cheshvan is the birthday of the Rebbe Rashab, the Friedrich Rebbe's father. And um, I'm going to tell you some stories about the Rebbe Rashab and some thoughts about the Rebbe Rashab. The Rebbe Rashab was the Friedrich Rebbe's father. The Friedrich Rebbe is the one who recorded the history of Hasidus Chabad. In other words, we have stories that Hasidim tell about Hasidus Chabad, but it's not that much. The Friedrich Rebbe gives a rather comprehensive historical record of the last 200 years of, of Chabad Hasidus, and the Rebbe Rashab was his father. And as a result, we know things about the Rebbe Rashab that we know about no other Rebbe, because his own son recorded rather intimate, rather personal details about the Rebbe Nishmasayden's life um, that we therefore are privy to know. And it gives us a unique window. In other words, of all the Rabbeim, in an interesting kind of way, we know more about the Rebbe Rashab than, than any other Rebbe. In a different kind of way, right here. In a different kind of way, if it rolls away, then it'll tumble, roll and tumble. <laughs> Thank you. Um, in a different kind of way, we know more about the Friedrich Rebbe's life, but in a certain kind of way, we know more about the Rebbe Rashab than anybody else. So I'm simply going to share some stories with you, and I, I do want to make one Avoid the observation. I want to share with you one idea about his personality and his life. And this will be the uh, Fabrengen for this week. The story of the Rebbe Rashab's birth begins before he was born. The Rebbe Rashab was born in Tov, Reish, Chof, Aleph, Shnafs, Kisra. He was born at the end of 1860. It was already the new Hebrew year. Chof, Aleph was already to 1861. But he was born in November, this time of year, of the year 1860. The year before, on Yutes Kislev, which was also, which was 1859, the very end of 1859, his mother, the Rebbe Sinrifke, had a dream. The Rebbe Rashab's mother, the Rebbe Sinrifke, who by this point had at least two children, I suspect three. She had an older daughter. The oldest of the Rebbe Marash children was a woman named David Olea, whose family name was Ginsburg. She married a, a, a young man from a very wealthy family who was also a big chassid, Ginsburg. And then there was also a son named Rabzalman Aaron the Razor. And there was a wounded child. Rabbi Rash had a wonder child whose name was Rabbi Avram Sender. You never heard of Avram Sender? Because Rabbi Avram Sender passed away at the age of eight. And if you've ever been to Lubavitch today, everybody travels all over the world, so the girls will get to Lubavitch. If you made it here in the rain, you'll get through the Lubavitcher mud. And you'll be in Lubavitch and you visit the Oyelim, or you've seen photographs. So they have pictures of the Oyel of the Rabbi Rash and the Tzemach and outside the oil, you have two kvorim, two names. The Baruch Sholem, the Tzemach oldest son. And Ayelet, Rav Tzadik, Rav Ram Sender. He was one of the Ramanash's children. He passed away at eight. The Tzemach said that he had the Nisham of the Alter Rebbe. And that the Alter Rebbe was supposed to live eight more years. And because of Napoleon, his life was shortened. And this boy, Rav Ram Sender, was a Isaac Yvendach Akint. He was Mamesha Tzai. He was a holy child. He was... Sacred. The Friedrich Rebbe describes how he passed away. He called all of his relatives, his father and his uncles and his grandfather, they all stood 
he davened Mincha and he said Krishna and Vidi with Simcha Tzuma. His istalkus was like like the biggest tzaddikim with an eight year old boy. His name is Avraham Sendi. Again, you haven't heard much about him because he he never grew up, but he was he wasn't born a child. And I suppose that Eber Hashab was the fourth child. There's a possibility that what I just told you is not 100% correct. There was a boy of Ram Sender, but there's a little bit of a conflict as to when he was born and when he lived. But it seems to me that the Rebbe Rashab was the fourth of the Rebbe Marash's children. So the Rebbe Zanifka already had two sons and a daughter by this point. And um, it was Yud Kislev, the 10th of Kislev, which is of course the day the Chag HaGuul of the middle of the Rebbe. And she has a dream. In her dream she sees, if I'm not mistaken... Hello, hello. She sees two men, two people, whom she does not recognize. And one of the men tells her, See to write a sefer and you'll have a good child, a good son. And the other one says, Tate, give her a bracha. Says, Father, give her a bracha. And he gives her a bracha and she wakes up. It was a very, very clear, very living dream. It didn't look like one of those imaginary dreams. And she forgot about it. She didn't tell anybody. Nine days later was Yitesh Kislev. She has the same dream. I think now she saw more than two people. And again, the same man tells her, And then the other one says, You hear what you say? They're saying, Don't forget, you should write a sefetera. And they give her a bracha. And she says, Amen. And she wakes up. The problem was that the Amen, she said audibly. The Amen was out loud. In other words, she said, Oh, and now she's waking up. It was about 2 o'clock in the morning, the morning of Yitesh Kislev, Fatog. The Reb Marash was getting up. Reb Marash probably didn't sleep too much, so whenever he went to sleep, but he was getting up. And he's about to leave the bedroom, and he hears his wife say, Amen. And he turns around to his wife and says, What's our advice with Amen? She says, Eh, nothing. I had a dream. What, what kind of dream did you have? No, 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 let me hear the dream. So she tells him the dream. The Reb Marash gets very excited and says to her, such dreams you cannot hold secret. Sometimes such a dream can be, you know, could be the most important kind of dream. So two o'clock in the morning, the Marash finished getting dressed, and he went straight from his house into the Tzedek's house. His father, Tzedek and the Marash lived in the same house, separate only by a door. And he went into his father, and he told his father that my wife had already twice the same dream, and he described her the dream. And the Mahzadik asked that she should come herself. So they came to the Rebbe Tzadifka, and you, of course you know how, from the Rebbe Tzadifka was, she probably had to wash Negevas and say brachas, and she had to come over and had to be dressed appropriately. And eventually, she came to her, you know, what the Rebbe is called, the Rebbe de Shved, her, the Rebbe de Tzadik, who was her father-in-law. And the Mahzadik asked her to describe the people that she saw in her dream. So she did. And told her, you saw the Alter Rebbe in the middle of the Rebbe. And I believe that on the other occasion, she also saw uh, maybe the Baal Shem Tev and the Magid. But I forget these details, and I must be honest, I didn't look them up. So I don't want to, I don't remember. And the Rebbe said, you must, you must, uh, you must uh, write a Sefateta. So within a short time, they began to write a Sefateta. The Rebbe Marash, the Rebbe Tzamatzadik's son, who was the only Rebbe who acted Bechitsonius, like a rich man, even when he was broke, he acted like he was rich. At this point, the Rebbe was not yet a Rebbe. He had a lot of money from, from investments, and he won a few government ladders. The Rebbe had a lot of money. And his Hanhaga was Hanhaga of Ashiris. He lived like a rich person. Wanted to make a huge event. He tried to say potato, and the Tzemach didn't want it so much. And he sort of, Tzemach 
Udinad. And the end was that Tzemach Tzedek allowed him to start the Seyfetet in his room. And he didn't even invite all of his brothers. The Seyfet came into Tzemach Tzedek's room. He invited one of his brothers, the Menash was only, his father let him to invite one brother, the Maril, and they started writing a Seyfetet. Six, seven months pass, and by now the Rebbe Tzedifki is not only pregnant, but she's visibly pregnant. And the Seyfetet is almost finished. So the Menash says to his father, I want to make a big, big celebration, Sim Seyfetet, and all Lubavitch and all the guests, everybody comes to the Rebbe to the Sim Seyfetet, and the Tzemach Tzedek said no. When the tater, the luchas were given, a lot of noise, they were broken. Everything has to be shashtil. Quiet. The Rebbe Znifke says to, the Rebbe, uh, to her son, the Rebbe, I was very pregnant at this point, but I got myself together and I sewed the mentele, the, the, the beged, the garment for the sefer myself. She made it very pretty and so forth. And uh, the sefer was almost finished and the tzemach tzedek is not allowing the siyam to happen. In Lubavitch, there were seems sefer quite frequently. And when there was a seems sefer in Lubavitch, everybody would come. But here, the Tzemach Tzedek was very hesitant. And one night, two or three in the morning, Tzemach Tzedek suddenly calls the Rebbe Marash and says, Get the safe, we're making the seems sefer now. And the Rebbe Marash says, But there's nobody here. And Tzemach Tzedek said, That's exactly the point. There's nobody here. The Seifer came to the Tzemach Tzedek room. These three people, the Seifer, the Tzemach Tzedek, and the Rebbe Marash, he finished writing the sefer Tzemachzadik picked up the Sefer Teda and he started marching through the deserted streets of 2 o'clock in the middle of the night, Lubavitch. And the Rebbe Marash was holding the, the, the chuppah. It's one of the Meshachs was holding up the couple of candles. And in Lubavitch there was a shikid, there was a drunk who was laying on the side of the road, Mr. Drunk. He opens up his eyes, he sees the Rebbe walking and the Rebbe's son is holding candles. He thinks he's hallucinating. He starts pinching himself. No, he's awake and he's sober enough the Tzemach Tzedek is holding the Sefer and walking through the deserted streets of Lubavitch and there's nobody around. So the next morning, 7 o'clock in the morning, he shows up in Shul and says, you know what happened last night? At 2 o'clock in the morning, I see the Rebbe walking with a Sefer under a chuppah and his, his son, Rebbe Shmuel, is holding candles and there's nobody around. So the people told him he's Meshuggah, Ebduchzach, he's imagining things. But it actually occurred. And Sefer was completed by greatest things. Finally on Chof Cheshven, Tafresh Chafalif, Chof Cheshven, the Rebbe Rashab born. Of course, what happens when a baby boy is born? You have to have a bris. Eight days later is Zach, Chavzai and Cheshem, supposed to be a bris. And the Reb Marash finally figured, I couldn't celebrate starting the Sefer Teda. I couldn't finish, celebrate finishing the Sefer Teda. At least I'll celebrate the bris. So all of the women in the Beis Harav cooked up a storm to feed the thousands of Hasidim who were in Lubavitch, or who came to Lubavitch, especially the Reb is making a bris. Everybody came. And of course, at that point, the matriarch the senior mother in the Beis Arab was the Tzemach Tzedek Rebetzin, Rebetzin Chaya Mushka, who was going to pass away two months later. She passed away in Tavis of that year. But she apparently was pretty healthy at this point. And she, uh, she was in charge. And she stood in the kitchen and she arranged all of the, um, all the people that were helping, all of the, the daughters and daughters-in-law and granddaughters and granddaughters-in-law. The whole situation was a huge family. Tzemach had a very large family, Kenahara. And they cooked, they, had, they must have had some kind of a substantially uh, useful kitchen. They were able to cook for hundreds and hundreds of people. It's about 5.30 in the morning. The Rebbe the, the Tzemach house is alive with activity. All over the place people are getting ready for the bris because they had to feed literally thousands of chassidim. The Tzemach comes out of his room and he sees his granddaughter, Devela Leia, that I mentioned her name before, 
she was the Rebbe Rashab's sister, the boy who had to have a bit sister. He calls her over, she must have been seven or eight, and says, Dreyalea, Gezog de Tates, Heintvet nicht sein de Bris. Go tell your father today there's no Bris. Okay? So she goes from where she was, from the Samachatetic's apartment, to the, her own house to tell her father there's no Bris. Who meets, meets her on the way across? Her grandmother, the Rebbe Zechaya Mushka. The Rebbe Zechaya Mushka knew that the Tzemach had interesting games that he played. And she sees her granddaughter going from the Tzemach into her apartment. So she stops her and says, Vu geistu? Where are you going? Ich geht zum Taten. Going to my father. Why are you going to your father? Because the Zayde told me I should tell my father something. What did the Zayde say you should tell your father? The Zayde said I should tell your father that today there's no bris. Abzachaimushka was expecting something like something chokma like that. She was used to her husband, so she and she was she was a she was middle Rebbe's tochter. Middle Rebbe had seven daughters, and they were notoriously outspoken. They 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 were sharp of ruin. They were very they were not soft. They were very powerful personalities. They were tzaddikism, but they were very outspoken. They didn't speak in a whisper. She says, "Gate three to thine Zayden. Go back to your grandfather. You tell him that I said." As a Bas Talmud Chacham, we didn't cook all this food for nothing. The bris is today. So she turns around, she goes back to the Zayd and says, The Baba Gizakt, as she says, she's a daughter of Talmud Chacham. No, the first time she said, You go back and tell your grandfather today is the bris. So she goes back and she tells the Zayd that the Baba Gizakt, Hain Tazan the bris. So Talmud Chacham says, Go tell your father today is no bris. So again, the Baba cuts her off and says, where are you going? He says, some tatan. What are you going to tell the father? The Zayda said, there's no bris. She says, go tell your grandfather that I said, as a Ba'at Talmud Chochem, that today's going to be the bris. And when she used to say, Ba'at Talmud Chochem, the Tzermach didn't argue with Ba'at Talmud Chochem. She was the middle of Rebbe's daughter. Okay, so there's a bris. Sorry? So, thousands of Hasidim in Labavitch. It's 7.30, 8 o'clock in the morning. Everyone down into the quick shachris. The, of course, the Moyal had already examined the child more than once. The kvate comes in with the baby. The mother opens the baby. The baby was yellow as 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 as, as, as anything. So it was impossible. The child was almost a, an hour before he was pink, ready for a bris. Now he's jaundiced. The Rebbe Zechai Mushka is in the Vibashul and she hears, no bris, the baby's jaundiced. She didn't like it at all. And she turns to one of her sons and says, Akuntz tatn. Your father pulled off another trick. Akuntz. She would call, she used to call miracles kuntzen, tricks, magic tricks. She grew up with her grandfather was a rebbe, her father was a rebbe, her husband was a rebbe, her children were rebbe. She was surrounded by tzaddikim, and she was herself a tzaddikis. She wasn't impressed. Miracles didn't exactly excite her. So no bris. What do you do with the food? Put it in the freezer? There's no freezers in 1860. So there was a feast, everyone's eating. Tzamach tzaddik actually came and said chesidis, was a fabrengen, but no bris. When did the bris happen? Chaneke. Who was there? I don't think there was a minion. The same idea, top secret. The Rebbe calls the Rebbe and says, the bris is now, don't call anybody. And the Rebbe says, but I have to have somebody by the bris. Can I call my brothers? You can call one, you can call two. The Tzemach Tzedek wanted everything about the Rebbe Rashab's infancy to be very tzniistic. He understood that this was different. And he very much wanted it to be the maximum of tzniyas. And by the bris, the Rebbe Tzemach Tzedek named his grandson, Shalom Dev Ber. Shalom was after the Tzemach Tzedek's father. And Dave Ber was after the, the Rebbe Sechai Mushka's father, the middle Rebbe Dave Ber, Shalom Dave Ber. The Rebbe the Tzemach Tzedek had a custom that when he would give each one of his Eneklach a name, 
along with the name, he gave them a nickname. And this was the name by which Hasidim was supposed to call them. They're not allowed to call them by their names. So he named him Shalom Dever, and then he said, Basar Shever. Rashab. Reishin Beis. Rashab. And he translated, Basar Shever. His name was Rashab. Reishin Beis. Reb Shalom Ber. Basar Shever. He breaks the flesh. He breaks Gashmir. And the Rebbe Rashab certainly carried that out. There's no doubt about it. This was the Rebbe Rashab's bris. When the Rebbe Rashab was a child, he was never a baby, never a child, never young, never played. If you know the history of Arabayim, some of Arabayim played. And those who played were big troublemakers. I mean, big time. You think about a Rebbe, you know, as a child, the, the Marash was, had a good time as a kid, the Friedrich Rebbe. But some of our Rebbe's were never children. The Rebbe was never a child. The Rebbe was a Gizunzain. The Rebbe Rashab was never a child. The middle Rebbe was never a child. So there was different types of Rebbe. The Rebbe Rashab was so serious from infancy, it was, it was almost frightening to watch him. He had an older brother and sister. And uh, they were also special kids. They were tzaddikim, children of tzaddikim. But they were normal people. And they had this younger brother who at the age of two and three was pious, like, like a big tzaddik. And, and they, they bothered him. They thinking I'm chapman. And one of the Rebbe Rashab's early chumdis was kabad esavich avesimecha means you have to have respect for your older brothers and your older sisters. So they tormented him. They would make fun of him. They would chapman because he never would ever give them back. Not because they didn't have what to say, but because you have to respect your older brother and sister. So whenever they really, really got in his nerves, he, he would push and cry. And there are ribos he put him. There are many, many stories about the Tzav. Rebbe Rashab as a child. I'll just share with you a couple. One of the stories is that they lived in the Tzav Tzedek's house. Tzav Tzedek had seven sons. Each, each time one of his children got married, he built them a house and a shul in Lubavitch. When the Ramarash got married, because he lost his first wife, she died. And he was remarried and he was very upset about it. So Tzemach Tzedek, instead of building him his own house and his own shul, built him an extension to his house. Tzemach Tzedek and Ramarash lived together. So the Rebbe, the Tzemach Tzedek, Ramarash's children grew up with the Zayde. They lived in the same house with the Rebbe. So the Rebbe Rashab and his brothers and sisters, as little as they were, knew the Tzemach Tzedek better than their older cousins. Because they lived in the house. One day, the Rebbe Rashab and his older brother, the Razor, were in the Tzemach Tzedek's room. The Tzemach Tzedek's room. They were playing. So the older brother, the Razor, picked up the Tzemach Tzedek's shtraimel and he put it on his head. He was a kid. He took his Zayda's shtraimel and put it on his head. So the Tzemach Tzedek took the shtraimel off the older brother's head and he put it on the younger brother's head and he held him by the shoulders and looked at him and said, Ah, punteshve. Exactly like my father-in-law, exactly the middle of the Rebbe, He put the shtraim on the little boy, how old was he? Three or four years old. Ah, There was one occasion where the Rebbe Rashab was playing in the Tzemach room and the Tzemach took him and he put him on his lap and he said to him, Bersht my beard, brush my beard. I don't know if you know this, but people who wear beards brush them and comb them because otherwise it would be a disaster. Yechides gula, mamish, mamish, special, special people don't touch their beards at all. The Rebbe brushed his beard. The Friedrich Rebbe brushed his beard. The Rebbe Rashab didn't touch his beard. The Rebbe Rashab's beard was never touched. He never touched it because the hair should fall out. So the Tzemach Tzedek, I suppose, probably didn't brush his beard either. But he said to his grandson, comb my beard. And he took his hand, took the Rebbe Rashab, the little boy's hand, and he started to comb his beard, the Tzemach Tzedek's beard, to, uh, to disentangle, you know, to, to, to unknot all the hairs, to, to make the beard smooth. And he brushed it with his friend Meshach's man. And he said, 
tzebersht, tzebersht, so did you, did you iron it out? Did you smooth out all the creases and all the knots and so forth? Dachzach tzebersht. I think you did a good job. And he added, Nadir ayad in Kabbalah. I'm giving you a hand and expertise in Kabbalah. When the Rebbe Rashab was a Rebbe, the Rebbe Rashab used to say, I have a hand in Kabbalah. I have expertise in Kabbalah. And he meant, there was a little boy, Mamish, two or three, his Zayder at Tzemach Tzedek gave him a Yad in Kabbalah. One more episode I'll share with you about him and the Tzemach Tzedek. The boys, the kids, the Tzemach kids used to go into the Rebbe Marash every week and he would give them money. He would give them money. The last few months of the Tzemach Tzedek's life, that changed. Instead of going in once a month, once a week, they went in every day. Every day in the last few months of Tzemach Tzedek's life, they went into Zayden and Zayden used to give him a coin. And there were two brothers, an older brother and a younger brother, and they always went in together. But one day, the Tzemach Tzedek was very, very, very sick. The house was full of Hasidim saying, kill him and crying. And it was time to go into the Rebbe and get the coin. And the older brother was not there. And the younger brother, the Rashab, wanted to go into the Zayda. And he always waited for his older brother. His older brother wasn't coming. And everybody was pushing in the hallway. And he wanted to go in. So he, uh, he went in himself. He went in himself. And the Tzemach Tzedek gave him a coin. And that day, the Tzemach Tzedek was nostalgic. That day, the Tzemach Tzedek passed away. That night, right after the Tzemach Tzedek, the even before the Leviathan, the Reb Marash ran looking for his older son. And he found him. And he said, Did you go into your grandfather today to get a coin? He says, I was too late. The Rashab, the younger brother, went alone. So the Rebbe, so the Rebbe Marash said excitedly, Why weren't you there? He gave everything to him. The younger brother got it all. One last story I'll tell you. The Rebbe Rashab had a nanny. I told you that Marash lived in a, a shidistic way, in a wealthy way, and he had nannies to take care of his children. So that Rashab had a nanny. How old was he? He was three years old maybe. She was a goy. She spoke Yiddish for sure. But she was a goyter. And the Rebbe Rashab wanted to go into the Zayda to the Tzemach Tzedek. The hall was full of people. And um, the Rebbe Rashab knew the halacha that a woman is not allowed to walk between two men. And that a man is not allowed to walk between two women. So he pushed her against the wall, told you stand against the wall, and he stood between her and all the rest of the Hasidim, and they crept along the wall till they came to the room with Tzemach Tzedek. He, the way the story is written, he pushed her, he said, you stay here, I'm going in alone. He was a three-year-old, he understood that the Rebbe go alone, and he came into the Tzemach Tzedek. And the Tzemach Tzedek turned to his grandson and said, Vos Amir, what do they want from me? Why don't they leave me alone? All I want to do is learn Tayra. Why are these people coming to bother me? So the Rebbe Rashab said, Zayda, is an Yekuman head in Tayra. They came to hear Tayra. So the Tzemach Tzedek said, Tayra is nicht meine. Tayra is the Meibushtans. Tayra doesn't belong to me. It belongs to Hashem. What's that come to me? Anybody can learn the Tayra. So the little boy said to his Zayda, Zayda, Zog Zayaz, the Hosnish came Tayra, Velen Zayfandir, and Leifen. Zayda, tell them you have no Tayda and they'll run away from you. So the Rebbe got his message, you have Tayda and you have to share it. Then, when the Rebbe Rashab was five and a half, his father became a Rebbe, the Marash. And of course, you know the standard of Cheshvan story is in the Hayyam Yayim, that he went into the Tzemach Tzedek and he cried, how come Hashem doesn't reveal himself to him? The stories that you know, I'm not telling you. I'm just telling you the stories you don't know. And the Rebbe Rashab put in there many, many stories of 
the Rebbe Rashab as a young boy during his father's Nisias. One of the interesting pieces of history was that the Rebbe Rashab had an older brother, Azor Abzalmanar, who was also a very great man, a very big Gorn and a big Chosid, a brilliant man, a, a genius of geniuses. But he wasn't a Rebbe and he knew it. There was no politics. There could have been politics, but there wasn't any because the older brother knew my younger brother's a Rebbe and I'm his Chosid. When they were children, they played like kids. What was their game? They played Rebbe and Chassid. They grew up in a Rebbe house. Rebbe and Chassid. The Rebbe Rashab always used to say, Ich will nicht ein kein Rebbe. When he was so little, he couldn't even say an R. He couldn't say a Rebbe. He used to say, Ich will nicht ein kein Rebbe. I don't want to be a Rebbe. A Rebbe is eine. Chassidim sind ein Asach. There's only one Rebbe. And there's many Chassidim. A Rebbe is never lonely. It's not fun to be a Rebbe. And the Rebbe Nishmasayim turned out to be a Rebbe. Well, his mom is a little, little with Ich I don't want to be a Rebbe. Only a chassid, because there's only one yeb and there's many chassidim. The Rebbe Nishmasayim. He's a special, special child. I was just kind of like kind. He wasn't ordinary at all. So they played Rebbe and chassid. The older brother was the Rebbe, and the younger brother was the chassid. Couple of problems. The Rebbe Rashab was taller than his older brother. He was physically, he was like taller than him, and the Razzah was very self-conscious. He was, he was very disturbed that his younger brother was taller than him. It really bothered him. So one day they were playing some kind of a game, and he told the Rebbe Rashab that they should walk on a hill. And the Rebbe Rashab should walk lower than him. So because they were on a, some kind of a hill, he was taller than his brother because his brother was lower than him. And the Rebbe Marash saw the game that they were playing, that the older brother made the younger brother walk on a lower place so that he should be taller than him. So he called him in. He called him the older brother. And he told him to get up on a chair. So he stood up on a chair. He said, Oh, it's the Mr. Hecher. Now you're taller. And he said, you don't become bigger by making somebody else smaller. You want to be bigger? Lift yourself up. Ramarash told his son, you don't make yourself bigger by putting somebody else down. Make yourself bigger by lifting yourself up. But one of the famous stories was, they used to play Rebbe and Chassid. And the Rebbe Rashab was the Chassid. He would come to his brother the Rebbe. And the Rebbe Rashab had real problems. The Rebbe was four or five years old. He had Grace Avedis. You know, he came to his Rebbe for a ticket. So one story was, he came once to his older brother the Rebbe. Uh, with a problem, with a Vodis Hashem problem. And uh, he came into me and said, I did this and this wrong, I need a tick, I need to help me fix it. So the Razor told him what to do, to say, tell him to go to Mikvah, I don't care what. So the Rebbe Rashab says, you're not a good Rebbe. You're not a good Rebbe. You, you, you failed, you're not a good Rebbe. So the Razor said, what did I do? I gave you great advice. So the little boy, the Rebbe Rashab said to his brother, a Rebbe, eidere gitanenfe gitere knechts. Rebbe, before he answers the question, sighs. Ah, and you didn't sigh. <laughs> You're not a good Rebbe, the Rebbe Nishma said. This is the story. Now, they grew up, these two brothers were both very special kids. They were the pride of Lubavitch. Everybody prided themselves in these two brothers. They were brilliant. Then Azar, the older brother, was much more social, much more precocious. He was much more friendly and available. A genius of geniuses. They tell a story how one time, he met some big politician or even a king who was testing the brilliance of Razor. So they got 15 people to read 15 newspapers in 15 different languages at the same time. And Razor repeated what each one said. You know what kind of mind that is? 15 people reading 15 different things at the same time and he repeated it all back word for word. He was, he was not normal. He was a son of a Rebbe and a brother of a Rebbe. But he wasn't a Rebbe. 
The younger brother was, the Rebbe Rashab was very secretive, extremely to himself. Never socialized, was never around. In fact, he didn't even go to Fabrengens. He used to say to the Friedrich Rebbe, when I was young, I didn't go to Fabrengens because I was busy learning Hasidus. And I had no time for that room of Hasidus. He says, it's not fair. Rebbe Rashab used to say, it's not fair that because I was busy learning Hasidus, I lost the special quality that comes from the stories, from the sipurim that you get from that room, from, the, from what's called Shemusha Shel Teda, that supports the Teda Hasidus. And the Rebbe Rashab used to say, I'm, I'm deficient in this area because I was so busy learning, I had no time to sit by Hasidus of Understandably, when his father, the Rebbe Marash, Fabrengt, he was present, but when Hasidim Fabrengt, he, he was never around. He was always busy learning and davening. He was, he was a holy child and a holy young man. His mother used to say, I can tell you one thing about my son. He's a Kaddish mi beta He's holy from conception and from birth. He was never ever a normal person. He was sacred from the first moment of his life. And uh, there was a big problem. The Rebbe Maharash wanted to tutor his younger son, but he didn't want the older brother to be jealous. The older brother was also a special person, but he wasn't that Rebbe. And the connection that the Rebbe Marash had with the younger son was much greater than the connection he had with his older brother, because the younger son was the Rebbe to be, the Rebbe Rashab. So they had a system. The Rebbe Rashab is to go into his father in the middle of the night. His Yechidus was two o'clock in the morning, four in the morning. And his father used to say to him, in Mitternacht, was, it was like, let's say, 12 o'clock. <coughs> Bahashkama was 2 o'clock in the morning. Fartog was 4 o'clock in the morning. Inderfri was 6 o'clock in the morning. But the Rebbe Marash time was very precious. And his day, he always started very early. And he would say to the Rebbe Rashab, And the Rebbe Rashab already knew what that meant. And he was always seeing that his older brother was asleep. So the Razan never knew how deeply connected his younger brother, the Rebbe Rashab, was with the Rebbe Marash, it was very, very sensitive to his covet. Now, let's talk about his wedding. The Rebbe Rashab married a first cousin. The Shidduch was made by the Tzemach Tzedek. When they were four years old, they made a Shidduch, and the Tnoim of that Shidduch is, we have a copy of it, that the, the Chosen's father, that the Rebbe Marash gave a thousand rubles for the couple, and the Kala's father gave a thousand rubles for the Chosen, for the couple, and the Samatari says, I'm giving also 500 rubles for the couple. And uh, the wedding was scheduled for 10 years later, when the Rebbe Rashab was about 14, 14 years old, which was normal. So the mitzvah was a year earlier, later he got married. When it came time for the wedding, came time for the wedding, the Rebbe Marash wanted the wedding to be in Lubavitch. And the Rebbe Marash's brother, whose name was Rabbi Yisaf Yitzchak, the Fidik Rebbe was named after his maternal Zayda wanted the wedding to be in Avruch, where he lived. He was a Rebbe, he was a Chernobyl Rebbe, he married the daughter of Yaakov Zolchai Kasser. In other words, the Tzemach Tzedek had a son who became a non-Chabad-like Rebbe, and she wanted, he wanted the wedding to be where he lived. And the Rebbe Marash was very disappointed, and he, thought, he argued, he negotiated, as they say, he argued and negotiated, and his brother wouldn't budge, and he said to his brother these words, Ich gib dir achosn, I'm giving you a chassan who's going to his chuppah purer than Yankev Avinu. Purer, more holy than Yankev Avinu. And you're arguing with me about where the wedding is going to be? But the wedding took place in Avruch. And the Remarash did not go to the wedding. He stayed in Lubavitch. And the official reason that's brought is that he wasn't healthy enough, but I, I think there were other reasons. 
because the physical wedding took place in Avruch, I think, this I doesn't say, but my suspicion is, there was a spiritual wedding in Lubavitch. The, the Marash went with his son part of the way, and there's a lot of stories that occurred during the trip, how they stopped in every train station, and the Marash said Chassidus, and they wanted to arrest the Marash, and the Marash took out a paper, and the police chief almost had a heart attack when he saw that the Remarash privilege, he had a status of privilege in Russia because the king himself gave him a, a, a status of honorary citizen. And I'm sorry, the Remarash went back to Lubavitch. And the Remarash went on to the wedding with his mother and one of the Misharsim of the Remarash. And the Remarash said to his Misharsim, his servant, he said to the Remarash, Ashtraimul trokstu nor in Lubavitch. Ashtraimul, you were only in Lubavitch. You can go to Yechupa with a hat. And he said to his servant, he says, my brother is going to want to put on a shtraimu on my son in the middle of the chuppah. In other words, the Rebbe Rashaba, his chuppah is obviously going to be in a state of dveikis, he's going to be in a different world, and the mechutin is going to want to put a shtraimu on him. You're to run over, grab the shtraimu, and put on a shlape. He's not going to wear a shtraimu outside Lubavitch. Unkach have, in the middle of the chuppah, the Avruche took out a shtraimu, and he took off the Rebbe Rashab's hat, and he put on the shtraimu, the Mashadus ran over, he was prepared, he grabbed the Shtraimel, <laughs> imagine, Arab Zachup, and he put on the hat, and he went in the Shemibrachis in Avruch, he wasn't wearing a Shtraimel. That week, there was a huge chasin in Lubavitch, thousands, hundreds of Hasidim came, and in one week, the Rebbe Marash said Hasidus 32 times. The wedding took place in Avruch, and the Rebbe Marash stayed in Lubavitch and had his own wedding, he said 32 times Hasidus. When the Rebbe Rashab came back to Lubavitch with his new kale. The Marash says to him, Echob Fardir Alev Meivin. Lev, Lamed Beis, which means heart, is also 32. Echob Fardir Alev Meivin, an understanding heart. Agris Funtaten. Regards from my father. The Marash says, Agris Funtaten. And I guess it's my assumption that the Marash stayed in Lubavitch because the Tzemach Tzedek was in Lubavitch. Agris Funtaten, regards from my father. And the Rebbe Rashab lived in Lubavitch. That's right. Any case, two more things I'll tell you. One is, the Rebbe Marash passed away, the Rebbe Rashab was 21 years old, almost 22. And he was devastated. The father, passing away, his father only 47 years old. And he was shaken to his core. He was very upset. And immediately there was a discussion who's the next Rebbe. The older son was 23, the older son, the younger son was 21. I mean, the Bamish kids. A lot of people left Lubavitch. They went to other Hasidis. But a handful, a handful that remained loyal to Lubavitch, and it became a whole to do who's the next Rebbe. And the older brother kept on saying, I'm not a Rebbe, he's the Rebbe. The older brother, the Razor, the, the Rebbe Rashab once said about his older brother, even I don't understand the measure of his anivis, his humility. He, he accepted his younger brother as a Rebbe with so completely, with such a bitter, he did everything in his power to see to it that his younger brother should be Rebbe, to the extent that he moved away from Lubavitch, he left. And he would say, I'm not the Rebbe, He's the Rebbe. And there's an Ibu Sipurim. There's a lot, a lot of stories. I'll just tell you one story. The, I, a Yid is traveling on a train. I heard the story from Rabbi Fulkus He heard it from Rebchacha, Rebchacha Fagin. Um, and Rebchacha Fagin told him a name, but he forgot the name. That uh, a Yid, a businessman, was traveling on a train. And businessmen travel second class, right? Who travels first class? Schnutters <laughs> and nobility, right? Second class is the business class. The Rabbeim, the Rebbe Rashab was but it was a few years after the Tagus, traveled second class. This businessman also traveled second class, and um, he sees a yid, a young man, 
dressed like a seichet, like a merchant, on the same car with him, sitting and reading and writing. So he goes over to him and says, Shalom Aleichem, he starts to talk to him. From Vantazayid, where are you from? From Lubavitch. Ah, from Lubavitch. I hear that from Lubavitch there's a lot going on, that Rebbe passed away, and there's a lot of discussion who's going to be the next Rebbe, the older one, the younger one, but I have my sources, as I know from inside information, that, that the younger one is going to be the Rebbe. What can you tell me about the younger? What can you tell me about the younger brother? So this Seicher tells him, he is whatever he is, but he's not his father. Train. Kids it. A couple of stops later, this young man gets off the train. The Seicher looks out the window and he sees that there's hundreds of Yidden standing in the train station to be macabre upon him, somebody. So he goes out of the train. He's curious. Who, which important person has just arrived? And he goes over to someone and says, what are you all doing here? The Rebbe is Gikumen. Who's the Rebbe? The young man that he just had that conversation with is the Rebbe. Oh. So he went back on the train. He took all of his belongings and he got off the train. And he made a Yechidus with the Rebbe Rashab. And he went into the Rebbe Rashab and I suppose he apologized for his being so cordial, friendly. And the Rebbe Rashab came over and said nothing. And he asked the Rebbe Rashab business advice. The Rebbe Rashab was 22, 23 years old. And the Rebbe Rashab gave him business advice. And the advice was Gewaldic. He made a lot of money. So he became a Lubavitch Chassid. <laughs> he used to travel for Lubavitch, and he told the story. I, I just, I, I gotta go. I want to say one thing to you, girls. We don't know anything about Arabeim. They were very holy people, and they were very great people. But one thing we know about the Rebbe Rashab, in a way that we perhaps don't know this about any other Rebbe, maybe except the Alter Rebbe. The Rebbe Rashab was such an oivid. He worked so hard on himself. He was so mean to himself. He, he, his expectation of himself, the measure of perfection and exactness that he demanded of himself was unbelievable. He, he was always a work in progress and there was a, a perpetual brokenness, a perpetual, a constant sense of tzibrachankeit in the Rebbe. That when you met him, the Rebbe Rashab was a melech, was a king. He was a legend in his lifetime. During his lifetime, the world, Chsidim Misnagdim, revered the Rebbe Rashab. The Rebbe Rashab was carried on a silver platter by the whole of Klal Yisrael. There was tremendous derechel to the Rebbe Rashab. As much as people have kindness to the Rebbe and to the Fidiki Rebbe, the Rebbe Rashab is revered by everybody. And he was during his physical lifetime. He was a broken man. He always wanted to serve Hashem a little more, a little better. You know, and I'll finish with this story. My boss is going to have kindness to me. The Rebbe Rashab was before Bar Mitzvah. Before Bar Mitzvah, okay? But before Bar Mitzvah is little. And the Rebbe Marash, his father called him in. And he told him that the Ebishter creates different kinds of neshamas, different kinds of souls. He creates what's called neshamas pratias, private souls. And certain neshamas that are called neshamas klolius, that they are collective souls. They belong to everybody. And then the Rebbe Marash said to his son, to the Rebbe Rashab, he told us before Bar Mitzvah Yingala, your Neshama is from the second category. In other words, I want you to know you're a Rebbe. So the Fidiki Rebbe said, my father told me the story. And he said that when I heard from my father the words, is it was before Bar Mitzvah, that his Neshama is, is a Rebbe, a pain, a deep, sharp pain shot up from the bottom of his back to the top of his back. And that pain didn't leave him till the day he passed away. He had that 
chronic backache, the pain of the awareness that he's a Rebbe haunted him his whole life. And he said to the Fidiki Rebbe, So I asked myself, what am I going to do? He's a 12-year-old boy, what am I going to do? I decided I have to work on myself. I learned to Shochonarach with every opinion, every Chumre. And the Rebbe Rashab said he trained his body to do Api Shochonarach instinctively. The Rebbe Rashab did what says without thinking. His body naturally did what says in Shochonarach. And there's a story about that also, but I'll tell you that at a different time. Okay, good night, girls. I'm just going to ask you to let me leave first.